routinely wake up from 12 or more hours of sleep and feel totally exhausted? Or does it ever take you weeks to recover from light exercise? Our guest, Leah McCullough, spent a decade with all that, plus numbing flu-like pain that eventually left her bedridden for six freaking years, y'all. Then she met a practitioner who introduced her to specific forms of popular supplements, which enabled her to make a healing quantum leap so that she could get out of bed and start living her life. Find out the exact steps she took to go from being unable to keep house because of debilitating fatigue to running marathons on the Nutrition Heretic podcast coming up next. So I'm sure you've heard that as you age, it gets harder to lose weight. Well, that's total bull because my friends, Laura and Veronica Chows, they can prove it. They're a mother-daughter duo, and they've lost 125 pounds between the two of them at ages 50 and 20. And they've kept it off for over two years without starvation, deprivation, or hunger. So now you can learn their system and a whole lot more with a free 10-day trial to their online membership. They'll give you the diet, the recipes, classes, and more. Sign up today at nutritionheretic.com forward slash utmost diet. Fat is bad for you. I just pop a pill and I'm fine. Meat is murder. (laughs) It's time for bad food punishment. It's time for real nourishment. It's time for the Nutrition Heretic. The following program is provided as information only and may not be construed as medical or health advice. It is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease. No action or inaction should be taken solely on the basis of the information provided here. Please consult with a licensed healthcare professional or doctor on any matter relating to your health and well being. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Nutrition Heretic Podcast. This is Adrian Hugh, the Nutrition Heretic. I wanted to talk to you today um, about detox. Uh, I think you guys pretty much know me well and that every week I've got a pet peeve and, and detox has long been on my list of pet peeves. Now, clearly, we have too many toxins in our environment, too much stuff coming at us, way more than our ancestors had to deal with. Not that they, I mean, they definitely had to deal with it. If you remember the episode that we did several months ago now uh, with Randy Hartnell of Vital Choice, he talked about uh, the uh, prehistoric man skulls and, and, and uh, I guess, yeah, I guess the the bones and remains. And they, they found that they had a lot of heavy metal toxicity uh, and they ate lots of ocean uh, creatures, uh, but they still seemed to live pretty, pretty well. They were sturdy bodies. They, uh, uh, many of them actually lived to be older than we are initially told. And um, if they died young, it was usually from some kind of accident. But that aside, detoxing is such a loaded term. I've met so many people go on these detoxes and these cleanses and they, they love to, to, to just, uh, try to shame me because if I'm not on a detox and, uh, but a lot of them come out looking much worse and, and, and feeling much worse after their detox. Uh, generally these people are going on these, these juice fasts. Uh, that are prohibitively expensive and um, they're 
they're just another example to me of how we beat up on food and how the calorie has become our only marker for whether or not something is healthy. So people think that because they're juicing and all they're doing is is eating low-calorie foods, that somehow that's inherently the detox. Uh, but as you know, I like to see people replace those things that they are detoxing with nice whole nutrients that will take the place of those heavy metals and other poisons that are now being dislodged from the body. And the first, the reason why those things get lodged in the body in the first place is because we don't have enough nutrients in our diet. We are consuming way too much of, uh, you know, these, these non-nutritive substances. I'm not even going to call them food. Uh, we, but we eat so much of this non-nutritive stuff. And then what happens is we inhale some bromine or, you know, brush our teeth with fluoride. And now we've got that load. And then we get the, the uh, dental amalgams. And now we've got the, the heavy metals and the mercury and the vaccines and all of this other stuff. So anyway, today's guest heretic is Leah McCullough. She is also known as the fibro lady. And she's the author of Freedom from Fibromyalgia, Seven Steps to Complete Recovery. And she is a proponent of detoxification, but her detoxification makes sense. And you're going to find out why today. Welcome to the show, Leah. Hi, Adrian. Thank you very much. And aloha. <laughs> oh, aloha. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, and what do you say in Ohio? Just hi? Well, you know, Ohio is also the Japanese word for good morning. You know, <laughs> Ohio. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, so tell, tell us, you had fibromyalgia and uh, we're going to get to the detox portion of it soon. Can't even say the word portion, uh, but we're going to get to the detox portion uh, soon. I wanted to find out from you, what did it feel like to have fibromyalgia? And yeah, we'll go into the and, but tell us, tell us in detail how you felt during that time. Well, you know, thank you, Adrian. That is a really good question because, you know, most of the people I talk to nowadays are not necessarily people with fibromyalgia. I'm, I'm almost like an ambassador. I, you know, I had it. I don't have it now. People ask me all these questions like that, you know, like, what, how bad is it? And I tell you, it is so bad that it sounds like I'm exaggerating and I'm not. But the pain is horrible. I mean, there's burning pain. There's you know, systemic pain all over your body. There's, if someone had a really bad case of the flu where they had body aches, mm. but they never got better. Right. And it's widespread body pain. It goes on the, you know, the uh, clinical definition is three months or longer. And at the time when I was really ill, I mean, I took heavy duty narcotic pain medication and it barely alleviated any of the symptoms, but it, you know, it, was, it just took the edge off, but I was never out of pain. And a lot of people are very dissatisfied with what medical pharmaceuticals use for symptom control for fibromyalgia. Right. The, the patients are dissatisfied. The medical doctors are dissatisfied. It's, it's a bad situation all the way around. Right, right, right. So, um, so this isn't like a joint pain necessarily, or, or does that come into it as well? Like, I guess what I'm trying to figure out is were you at some point, uh, uh told that you had something like you say, rheumatoid arthritis? I was told all kinds of things anywhere, anything from, uh, I was told at one point I had multiple sclerosis. Yeah, exactly. And then when they really can't figure out what's wrong with you, then they said, well, it's all in your head. I, I <laughs> had that too. Get yeah. out. <laughs> I got that yeah. all the time. 
Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so buy yourself a pretty hat is basically what they say. Manifest it in different ways. And it's also like uh, nobody just has fibromyalgia. They usually have something else as well. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have joint pain due to arthritis, possibly, or they're going to have uh, neuropathy due to maybe uh, pre-diabetes or diabetes. So that's the burning nerve pain. Then there's the body ache pain. Then there's the headaches. And then there's just, um, you know, I feel like crap all over and I don't know why pain. Right. So the the headaches, are these like migraines or were they coming and going or were they just constant? Uh, for me, I had migraines and I also had sinus headaches. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just regular headaches, uh, the, what they call those, the um, rebounding headaches. Mm, yeah, so yeah. I had those two for a number. I mean, my, at my old job before I had to quit working. Um, I used to keep the the giant value sized bottle of Tylenol on my desk. You know, for all my <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing the giant value size. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! And so yeah. So besides being uh, incapacitated, it sounds like this was really the the fact that you had to buy value size is telling me that this was really expensive to manage as well. What happened was, and and this is a, a pretty common scenario was. I limped along for um, a good uh, 10, 15 years with Yikes. the symptoms. I was able to work. And then I got to the point I wasn't able to work anymore. Mm. So we went from two incomes to one income overnight, mm-hmm. which was huge burden. We went into tens of thousand dollars of debt because we didn't know this was going to be a disease that lasted forever. And, you know, we were trying to find answers and, and get some things done. And uh, about went to poor, the poorhouse doing that on medical bills. Mm-hmm. Then my husband had to work two jobs to keep us afloat at, at one point because I couldn't work at all. And I actually couldn't even do anything in the house. He was So he was doing like all the laundry, all the grocery shopping. Oh, man. And that went on for about six years. Wow. And then at, at some point in that six years, I finally got Social Security disability. That helped us out pretty well financially. Um, it, it's not a lot of money, but it was enough to help us get over the hump. Right. Then I was able to start trying alternative therapies. So about every month I was able to try something different. And then I finally found something that works. So I say I spent nearly 20 years and tens of thousands of dollars looking for answers. Right. Yeah. And this is not uncommon. I mean, I get, uh, I guess I'm kind of known for getting the uh, clients who uh, have these longstanding conditions. They're getting the the whole crazy spiel instead of just saying, I don't know. And if you know sort of the basics of how the human body works, you, you, you may not have a name for it, but you know what can support the person, you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Um, and, and so um, that's just going to be like, you know, I mean, I, I went through it as well. I had chronic fatigue syndrome, which is a relative of fibro. <laughs> you know, exactly. Um, yeah, to, to me, fibro is, is, is chronic fatigue with the pain. I didn't have the pain. Exactly. I had everything else. Um, right. And so, you know, I, but yeah, I was constantly being told that, I, that there was something in my head and, you know, you go and relax, take a vacation and whatever. Yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty unbearable. And then, you know, just finding someone who had a clue, whether it was alternative or conventional, it was, it was frustrating as all get out. Right. Just, just trying to get to the answers. And then when you have the answer, you're, there's, there's a relief. I mean, you you know, it's a little daunting because you're like, shit, now I got to do all this stuff. (laughs) But on the other hand, you're thinking to yourself, wow, you know, like I, 
I can call it something. Now I know what to do. Now I know I can do something about it. Uh, so there's, right. there is that sense of relief at the same time, right? Well, when I was diagnosed, it was one of the happiest days of my life on the one hand, because I had a name for what was wrong with me. It wasn't just that I was crazy. Right. On the other, on the other hand, I was really sad because I was kind of hoping I was crazy and there wasn't really anything wrong with me. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And also, you know, it's, it was a very bleak prognosis. You know, you're only going to get worse. You're probably going to be on, you know, medication for the rest of your life and your quality of life is going to continue to go downhill. That's, that's a very bleak prognosis for someone. I was diagnosed when I was uh, 30 years old. So right. that's, that's pretty sad. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was do- diagnosed at 25. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it's kind of the, the same thing. It's like, geez, I've got osteoporosis. What the heck is going on with yeah. me? Um, so, but what, what sets other than, you know, we talked about the differences between CFS and FM. Uh, what are some of the markers that are associated with fibromyalgia? Is it the same kind of Epstein-Barr virus or is there something else that, uh, is considered a reliable marker for, for people who, you know, might be going through something like what you're saying, but they just don't have a name for it yet that, you know, they well, might want to ask their doctor. Well, the, what the medical doctors, they make a diagnosis of fibromyalgia based on symptoms and they also, they call it symptoms of exclusion. So, yes. you know, they test for, for this and that and they don't find that, but you have these symptoms. Then they do what they call a, a tender point exam and they mm. press on different points on the body and see if, if you have a reaction of a certain number of points. It's sometimes it's nine of 18 points to be required. Also three months is the kind of the magic number. If you've had widespread body pain and more than one quadrant of your body for three months, fatigue and sleep disturbances. So that those are the pretty much the, the guidelines that physicians use to make a diagnosis of fibromyalgia. But trust me, you don't want the diagnosis officially on your record because there's a bias of, that people with fibromyalgia are crazy. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And, and is there, you know, just just thinking within the conventional medical system, is there resistance or any kind of um, uh, official, we don't recognize it as a disease, so we're not going to pay for it on the insurance company's side? Well, what happened was about 10 years ago, they came out with a drug for fibromyalgia and then it became an official disease. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, everything becomes official when you have a have a drug. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it it's was not very funny in a way, but in another way, it's like so ironic. Well, right? it, yeah, exactly. Well, it, it reminds me of so many things. Stevia wasn't a sweetener until they could patent it. Uh, probiotics did not exist and didn't do what people were saying until Activia came out on the market. Uh, mm-hmm. and as I said to my friend who asked me, why don't, when I lived in New Jersey, why don't, um, you know, why don't we hear more about these kids who are being attacked by wolves? And I said, until they come out with wolf X, there's no way they're going to tell you about this because they need mm-hmm. to sell you something on the back end if they're going to recognize it. So, right, right. um, you know, I'm just waiting to see what they come up with Zika virus because, you know, that's. Oh, there's uh, vaccines in the mix. It's, yeah, exactly. It's exactly. It's, it's just It'll like. It'll be on the mandates. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, and it just, it blows my mind that so many people are not even picking this up. It's like every yeah. year, I, I, I would say every year since, um, since, uh, Mad Cow was a thing, th- they have come out with something else 
that we've got to, you know, be paranoid about and, and, you know, the different, all these avian bird flus and <laughs> stuff coming out. Like every bloody year they come out. And when they can't come out with something, get the flu shot. Right. We got a new, we got a new strain of the flu shot. Yeah. You know, so it's, yeah. um, it, it <laughs> doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what's going on here. Anywho, <laughs> let's go, let's let's go from from pain to what you call the healing quantum leap and and uh, your detox process okay. and and explain that to us a little bit. Okay, well, the healing quantum leap is what I called um, this transition I made from being in bed or practically bedridden. I was in bed twelve to sixteen hours a day for over six years, and I went from that to actually able to function a bit um, within a period of about three weeks. And I did that by doing uh, basically a cleanse, a detox cleanse called what I call the healing cleanse. And it's a combination of a mineral called zeolite and a therapeutic grade probiotic. And these two together work synergistically. So instead of one plus one equals two, it's one plus one equals five. Right. And that's what got me out of bed. Once I got out of bed, I was able to do all the other things I needed to do to recover completely. And mm. now I'm 110% recovered from fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, depression, anxiety, morbid obesity, infertility, migraines, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. That's phenomenal. So yeah. how, how did, um, like when you do this, because the zeolites, like the zeolites have been kind of, especially, I guess, I guess I, I really started to hear about zeolites in the autistic community where some, oh. some uh, doctors were using it to um, detox these children of the heavy metals and, and other poisons in, in the vaccines. Where, like, what sets these zeolites apart from other zeolites? Because, you know, I, I see the, everybody claims theirs is the best, right? Now, what's, what makes right. the one that you've used uh, different? Well, there's, there's actually quite a few brands on the market that are fine. And in my book, I give you guidelines on how to, you know, to, to find a zeolite for you. Because I, even though I get mine at rippleshealthshop.com that, um, you know, people in Australia can't buy there and you right. know, people in Luxembourg can't buy there so easily. So, you know, we have um, guidelines. Basically, the, the way the zeolites work, they're a naturally occurring negatively charged mineral. And, the, and a lot of the bad things in your body that you want out are positively charged. Mm -hmm. And now when you're doing a normal detox, what it usually does, it stresses the organs of elimination. So it stresses the colon, stresses the liver, stresses the stomach, uh, the small intestines, what have you. And the zeolites, uh, they have to be micronized. So they they absorb out of your digestive system and they go into your circulatory system and they go all through your body, anywhere where the circulatory system, you know, your blood vessels, blood cells go anywhere your lymph goes. So it actually goes to where the toxins are. It through a, it's, it's kind of like a, a, like a magnet. It's called cation exchange. Mm -hmm. It picks up these positively charged molecules, traps them in their little molecular cages absorbs back into the digestive system and it's these zeolites with their with their um you know with the molecules that they've trapped they're out of your body and through your urine and feces within 24 hours of ingestion wow 
So it's very, what, what it turns out, it's very gentle to use these. So someone who's, you know, very toxic and very ill, they can actually use them. It's a passive thing. So it's not like they're, um, having to, um, what most people with fibromyalgia have a damaged digestive system. Exactly. So when you're stressing the organs of elimination, you're basically revving up a broken engine mm-hmm. and the zeolites don't do that. Right. Right. And, um, th- so they have to be micronized really. So the ground up very, very small and they have to be activated. So their little cages are cleaned out ahead of time so that they're, they're hungry for those uh, right. charged molecules. And that's and that's basically the guidelines on how to find zeolites. Right, and, right. And do you want me to tell you about the other half of that with the probiotics? I'm going to get that to that in a second. Um, okay. What I wanted to find out is uh, I don't know how much you were because you know back when I first started, uh, I was using more of the cilantro chlorella mix, where mm-hmm. the cilantro would dislodge particularly heavy metals. Uh, and the, and see, this is where most people screw this up because they know about cilantro dislodging heavy metals. They don't realize that if they don't rapidly excrete those heavy metals, they just take up residence somewhere else. Right. Um, so what, um, you know, we would do, uh, chlorella on the back end, you know, separate from it so that, uh, they would be able to, you know, once it's had some time to release, now we take, bring the chlorella in and eliminate it through the bowel. With zeolites, is there is there any need to to uh, provoke? Because we, you know, as we addressed, people with fibromyalgia with chronic fatigue tend to have some kind of digestive disturbances. Um, is there something that we need to do uh, to uh, pull that out of the bowel now, or the the zeolites will do that naturally? Well, the zeolites will um, help your body. Uh, excrete this. And and most people who are on zeolites, they find that they have an increase in urination. They have an increase in fecal matter, but Mm -hmm. it's very comfortable. Right. Want to drink plenty of water. Mm -hmm. um, And I suggest that you drink water with um, some Celtic sea salt in it so that your, your, uh, the mineral content in your body state remains uh, at a a good level. And most people are pretty comfortable with it. When, when you're dealing with juice fasts and cleanses and, and herbal uh, concoctions and things, what tends to happen is that sometimes they work too fast and people feel like the detox flu, they, they feel worse before they get better. And, uh, and people, some people with fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue really can't handle that. Sometimes they, um, it's very complicated to, to get the procedure down to take these things. And if you're dealing with massive amounts of brain fog, which, which a lot of people with fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue are, or, you know, you have to go around town and gather up, up ingredients and things, it's, it's just not going to happen. Right, right, exactly. D- now, do you find, uh, in your case at least, that taking the zeolites with or without food made any difference? It makes no difference. It's a mineral like a diamond. So it, it doesn't really matter. It's going to, it's, it's very passive and it works without you having to worry about whether it's on an empty stomach or on a full stomach, you can put it in hot coffee if you wanted to, it, it's not going to affect it. Okay. The probiotics are different, but not the mineral. So, uh, you know, it's funny when I was reading your book, you and I are amongst very, very 
limited number of people who actually say that when you drink water, you should have minerals in it. Uh, yeah. I, I think that is such a huge thing. And particularly what I was saying at the beginning about the, the, uh, you know, you're taking these toxins out. You got to fill up these, these little, uh, receptors in the body with minerals or else you're going to fall right back to where you were before. Uh, so yeah, I, I love the fact that you really drive that home about, yeah, you got to drink water, but make sure you put that pinch of sea salt or in, you know, the, the bone broths, the kvass, you know, all those good things, uh, to, to really protect yourself. You know, to, to me, I, I see it as kind of like a, a lock and key or tongue and groove where you've got these, these hungry cells that need the magnesium or calcium, whatever it is that they need. And, it, but instead you're throwing something else. You're a biology major. Uh, but um, I guess, you, I guess it would be better if you're a chemistry major, but you know, uh, uh, but you're now you're putting um, something else with a similar charge on the, on that that outer ring of electrons, right? You're putting something with a similar charge into your body or, you know, coming in contact, like you talk about in the book, through your water, through your air, and it's going to just take the place. You know, from a real practical point of view, if you have minerals in everything you drink, you don't have to pee as much. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. And that's the other thing I keep trying to tell. I actually wrote a book called Drowning in Eight Glasses. And it's about the fact that we're told to, you know, drink all this water. But then at the end, all you're doing is stressing your kidneys. You're just stressing your kidneys to push out more water all the time. And, you you know, the the water in my mind is a delivery mechanism for more minerals. Not again, it's not that that concept uh, of that a lot of people use when they think about detox is, oh, my God, everything is evil. I got to get it out of my body as, as soon as possible. And it's and the recommendation for drinking all of this water, it comes from this zero calorie food is bad. You have to, you know, take it all out of your system and, you know, strip it down to its bare whatever. But I I don't even understand how any, any good scientist would think that that is life sustaining in any way. Well, I tell you, one of my clients, uh, she was talking about how thrilled she was. She's like, I'm doing a cleanse. I'm getting better and I'm not chained to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So um, now now I would like to go on to the the other side of what we were discussing, which is the probiotics. Tell tell us about how the probiotics will work in conjunction uh, with the zeolites. Well, you know, I tried all kinds of probiotics from, you know, the health food store, the grocery store, the doctor's office. I got stuff on the internet. So when this um, probiotic was introduced to me, I was like, been there, done that. You know, I, I think it's crazy. What I found out was that this, this probiotic's different in that it has, it's colonizing. Like 98% of the probiotics on the market, they are what they call transient. So they're just, they just go through your body. They go out with your food. They come in and go out with your food. They don't hang around. They don't, um, they're not, they don't get all happy and reproduce and populate your gut with good uh, microbes. So this, the one I use does, and there are others on the market besides Firm Plus Pro, but I, I say that's the one that saved my life. Right, exactly. And, <laughs> You're not exactly and, going to not recommend it. <laughs> right. What, and, and once again, you know, I have guidelines in my book of like what to look for in a therapeutic grade probiotic. Right. And one is several strains of colonizing microbial life forms. And I think one of the big differences with Firm Plus Pro that 
that helped me so much is that one of the strains is the antigen to candida yeast. It's an antigen yeast to candida yeast. Mm. And I think that really, really helped me out a lot. So the two, you know, um, your digestive system is your main system of detoxification, which, you know, is broken with people with fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue. So as they, they can never really catch up, um, with the toxins that, that we're all exposed to all the time. So the zeolites help catch up, get it, the toxins out, and they're very de- gentle in the digestive system. And at the same time, you're healing your digestive system with the therapeutic grade probiotic. And that's how we see these uh, healing quantum leaps. It's one plus one equals five. So this, so the food you're currently eating is actually um, not starting to not poison you. <laughs> and right. it's starting to act actually help you and you're getting the toxins out in a big way, but in a comfortable way and people, you know, start living their lives again, they get their lives back and they get out of bed and, and then they're able to do all the other things with the nutrition and the sleep and the exercise and all that. Right, right. Yeah. So when you're introducing those probiotics, though, are you telling people to take it like right up front when they start the the zeolites? Are you giving them some time to detoxify and then start to add those in? It really depends on what that person's particular situation is. Um, the full strength detox is two capsules of zeolites three times a day if they do the capsules and if um, and then one teaspoon of the Firm Plus Pro probiotic three times a day and mm. they do that days. Some people can go straight into that. And some people really have to work up to it. Um, I have clients doing both, you know, and they're equally sick and, you know, different ways. And uh, I started by doing the full detox straight up out of the out the gate. And, and I in three weeks, my life had changed after, you know, six years in bed. So it's and the sicker someone is, like the bigger the difference it makes. It's amazing. Right. Oh, well, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, because then you notice anything. The, the the weird thing, I think, for a lot of people is that so many people in our society don't even know that they're running on empty. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? They're they're just they're, especially now. We I just interviewed uh, Julia Ross, who wrote the Mood Cure and the Di- and the Diet Cure, and uh, we were talking about the fact that people are they're they're just running on coffee and this whole bulletproof gimmick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they think that, that that's, you know, Oh, see, I feel great now because I drink, you know, seven pots of coffee a day or whatever ridiculous uh, thing that they're <laughs> doing. And uh, they don't realize that they're just putting themselves at a disadvantage every freaking day. Well, you know, um, on the way over here, I drove by Starbucks. It's three o'clock in the afternoon and they had a line, um, you know, at the window going out the door, you know, going around the yeah. parking lot. Oh my gosh. I just, I just thought that was pathetic. It is. Uh, and you know, I tell people eat liver. <laughs> you will get so much energy. It's amazing. I know. You, you know, it's funny that you say that when I read that in your book too, because uh, I mean, I've had a lot of good liver experience and I like liver. You know, I know that you don't particularly enjoy it, but you eat it. <laughs> you take it yeah. the way, you know, you have guidelines for how to get it in and not even notice. Uh, uh, but I, I love the stuff. And, uh, but I know that when I put a, um, I could put two pounds of liver on, on the table for me and my two girls. Now my, my girls are 13 and six. I, I, if I put two pounds of liver on the dinner table there, we'd be lucky to have half a pound left at the end of the meal. It's one of those foods 
that seems to never make me make us full. Wow. Yeah. And uh, further enhance, I guess, the uh, the the effect of liver is that while it doesn't fill us up, I definitely feel lighter. I feel you know, like you were talking about that energy. You know, there's nothing like your your body just craves these foods. And my mom, uh, before she died, she was in a a, in a nursing. Well, wasn't really supposed to be a nursing home. It was supposed to be a rehab center. Uh, But but it was in Florida, so like everything's a nursing home if you're not at home. Uh, and so, uh, so anyway, uh, she was not eating and they were, you know, just couldn't get her to eat. So I walk in and I have my, um, you know, my cooler and I'm, I made her all of these like really fatty little quiches without a crust, which in Florida is really hard to find decent cream. Let me tell you, uh, let alone eggs. But, you know, I, so I was making her those things. And then I found a farmer who had uh, pork liver and ground pork. And so I ground, I chopped up the, the liver really fine. Cause of course they didn't, you know, it was just like one huge slab. I chopped it up really fine and I blended it with all these spices and whatever. And my mom went in two days, went from not being able to lift her head to feeding herself with a spoon because her, her brain, you know, some part of her brain took over once Mm -hmm. I started, particularly once I started feeding her the liver and she wanted more. Yeah. You know, it's like, like she was, she went from like, "Eh, I'm not hungry. I can't eat. And then all of a sudden she's feeding herself. That's amazing. So, I mean, liver is just, it's just this miracle food. And I wish more people would understand how good it is. Well, in a way I don't because I like to get it cheap because <laughs> <laughs> nobody else is buying it. Uh, but you know, I can, I can make, I, I'd like to pride myself on thinking that I can make liver for just about anybody. Cause my, my husband was a, a, you know, he was a staunch liver hater when I met him and he will, he still has issues with the texture of like a beef or a pork liver, but he'll eat my pâtés when I make them, you know, and that's, that's mine are pretty heavy on the liver versus the, the cause it's pretty much, you know, a pâté is basically a meatloaf. Right. right. Um, and so I, I'll use some ground pork, but I'll do like a lot of uh, liver in there. And then my chicken liver pâté, he'll eat any day of the week. I make this awesome chicken liver pate that I have so many friends. I'll put it this way. I have so many friends and, and relatives, whatever, who hate liver. They, you know, oh, I will never touch this stuff. And then they're like, Ooh, this stuff is good. What is it? (laughs) It's it's liver guys. (laughs) Well, I'm actually, um, at the Western price conference in November, I'm a speaker in in Montgomery, Alabama, and I'm actually debuting my new cookbook called eat to energize. Nice. And it's all uh, liver recipes where the liver's hidden. So maybe your husband will like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just keep a stash of liver in the house. You know, we don't necessarily recently we haven't been getting it every week, but I do. You know, I'll try to do at least twice a month. I'll do my chicken liver pate. And mm. then in between, I'll try to do like, you know, I'll do a liver with um, balsamic vinegar and onions. Wow. And, and that's really lovely. I was thinking if I put two pounds of liver on the table at my house, there would be two pounds of liver. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care how good it is for you. That stuff, man. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't know. You put enough sweet onions and, and, you know, balsamic vinegar or, um, uh, what's the other thing? Uh, Sometimes I'll do like a little red wine and cream. Mm, So good. (laughs) 
<laughs> try it. I'm glad you like it. <laughs> I'm going to get you down here one of these days and yeah. <laughs> give you some liver, some uh, grass-fed uh, beef liver here. Yeah. Well, I'm in Ohio. I'm, in, I'm actually near, I live near Dayton and getting uh, grass-fed and pasture-raised animal products, dairy, meat, eggs, everything is actually really easy. Yeah. And I'm, I feel so grateful for that. And um, it's it's one of the best parts about living in this area of the country. Right. Yeah. I used to live in New Jersey, uh, about an hour, hour and a half from uh, Amish country. Uh, mm. So getting food that was raised on pasture was good. But um, but they always added like a little green. And here, because, you know, everything is growing all the time, uh, you mm. can get beef that is 100% on pasture, never seen a a grain other than what grows naturally in that area. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So it's um, pretty impressive that they can do it. And I even got the hookup on where to get it at a good price. <laughs> so oh, actually, God. actually it's not, it's not expensive. Even in the, even in the regular stores, it's not crazy expensive. And I mean, when I look at what, sorry to, to go off on a tangent, but when I look at what people complain about, I'm like, eh, I can't afford it. I can't afford to eat like you. And then they go to, you know, Costco or whatever, and they're coming home with these big bags of tortilla chips and, and, mm-hmm. and what have you. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's not cheap. I would rather eat, yeah. you know, spend, just, I don't know, a hundred bucks on meat a week and have meat for a week. Uh, than to spend 75 on chips and then still have to, you know, round it out with a bunch of other stuff because those things, they don't satisfy you. And the more you crave that stuff, the more you are not, Julia Ross and I were talking about this as well, the more you're just not eating enough protein. If you're, yeah. if you're really, uh, craving so much of, of these little chips and snacks and all this other stuff in between, because, you know, somebody told us 20 years ago, we're supposed to be grazing, not eating meals. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, in, in my community, uh, the people have a, a serious fatigue problem and it's really hard to get them, you know, to prepare, you know, you have to prepare a lot of food sometimes when you're eating naturally, um, and it's not necessarily way more expensive, but it there's more, you have to kind of concentrate more on your food. And um, so we take people from, from we have, we have strategies for people. So if you're just so sick and exhausted that you have to choose between nuking something in the microwave or taking a bath, which, which a lot of people are like that, believe it or not. Oh yeah, I know. You know, if you're, if you're like that, we have strategies for you there. To, to start out on eating some food that's going to supply your body with some much needed nutrition all the way to, you know, you, if you can compare, uh, prepare a gourmet meal and, and, and all that. So we have all these strategies in the book about that for people and, um, it, and where to source, it, you know, a lot of times, like all they know is Costco. Yeah. And so, you know, you how to start sourcing this really good food and good food for you. And, um, and one of our mutual, loves is the Weston A. Price Foundation. And I, and I talk about that and, um, I'm really committed to the Weston A. Price Foundation and, uh, and I'm so grateful for them, what they've, they've done for my family and myself. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, but it's, it's, it's interesting to hear about people's excuses or, you know, a lot of times it's just a matter of, of information, you right. know, it's like if they have different information, then they can be like, okay, now I can see my way out of this. But you, you know, you got to kind of, have an attitude of openness um, 
to get the information. Right. <laughs> well, a lot of times I feel like it's it's uh, dealing with, you know, having an intervention with your drug addict friend who just is like, well, I don't have a problem. <laughs> like, yeah, you do. You know, you, you don't want to give up something. And and obviously, I hate to say it, but, you know, if you've got like two or 300 pounds to lose, it's, you know, it's probably not working. <laughs> I don't think it's working. Yeah. And, and that's just I'm on the surprised. weight side. I'm not even talking about the other health issues, the, you know, the heart disease. That, yeah. and the, I was whatever. at a, f- a food freedom festival. Mm-hmm. I was actually manning the Weston A. Price tent. Okay. And, um, this guy came, and his wife came by and they were both about 400 pounds each. And they had this, he had this big tattoo in his arm that said vegan for life. That is like an anti-commercial, you know? Yeah. So. Right. Oh man. Okay. So that's it for this week. We're going to continue speaking with Leah McCullough next week about fine-tuning her fibromyalgia protocol, including what body care products may interfere with healing. We're going to also speak about specific supplements that helped her get over the hump and how it feels to live free of the constant numbing pain on the Nutrition Heretic podcast next week. The Nutrition Heretic Podcast is a production of Savor the Journey, LLC. Our audio editor is Nikola Popovich. Our podcast manager is Crystal McLean, and our operations manager is Linda Hansen. I'm your host, Adrian Hugh, the Nutrition Heretic. You can find us at nutritionheretic.com, where you can download the Nutrition Heretic's free shit list of seven health foods to avoid like the plague. You can also listen to previous episodes at nutritionheretic.com slash podcast. Be sure to like us on social media for updates. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash nutritionheretic and on Twitter at NutriHeretic. Contact us with show ideas, questions, or if you just want to be a guest. And don't forget to rate our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Thanks. Thanks.